apples. We got Macintosh. Get your Christmas apple. Red delicious. Something's a piece while they last. We... They won't last long the way you're eating them. Hey, I'm creating scarcity. Drives the prices up. <sighs> Rizzo, I... <clears throat> Hello! Welcome to the Muppet Christmas Carol. I am here to tell the story. And I am here for the food. Hello and welcome, welcome and hello. This is Wait, You Haven't Seen, and it's a podcast where we talk about movies, and usually it's a movie that at least one of us has never seen before. Um, we're breaking that rule this week, and I'll explain why in a minute, but first, joining me, I have David. Hello. Hello. Uh, also joining is Christina. Hi. Hi. And coming back again is Monica. Hi. Hiya. Hi, and I'm Travis, uh, also known as TV's Travis. And uh, so we're breaking the rule of wait you haven't seen because I couldn't find anybody that had not seen The Muppet Christmas Carol before. I'm I'm sorry, I hadn't seen it. You hadn't? I thought ah. you had. Well, no. All right, Rectified. then I am. I am a big fat lying liar. Um, I thought that's why you wanted me. <laughs> I I just wanted you to be on the show. I thought I I swear you had told me that you'd seen it. Well. Excellent. Then, uh, then our streak remains. So, the Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, we're continuing our month-long um, celebration of Christmas and a Christmas Carol by uh, doing my favorite version of that story, which is the Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, so, I guess I'm going to start off by asking everybody else what their favorite version, if you have one, of A Christmas Carol is. I think I've asked this probably before, um, at least of one of you. But uh, we'll start with Monica. After having seen this, um, do you have a favorite uh, movie version? Because now you've watched uh, two this month. Um, I'm not sure that I have a favorite movie version. I have a, um, what do you call it? We did the play in school, so I've actually read the the story itself, and I really love the story. So, any way that it's you know adapted anywhere is usually like a win for me. I just love the story. You know, okay. it's kind of like a what do you call it? Like a classic lesson learned kind of story. You know, yeah. like you know you you change in the end, whatever you call. It. I can't think of the words, but anyway. But yeah, um, we did. Scrooged earlier, and yeah. that is that is great for like the comedy dark side of it. And this is very much the opposite of that. The very you know, lots of singing and you know, very happy Christmas Carol. Yes, story. like totally. This is definitely the opposite of Scrooged. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it, yeah, it's still one of my favorites. How about Christina? How about you? Muppet Christmas Carol is my favorite. That is a it is the uh, the correct answer. Um, <laughs> no, I, I can't agree more. <laughs> I'm, I know you can't. Um, how about you, David? Uh, this one, I would go as far to say this is my favorite Christmas movie. It's not. It's not my favorite Christmas movie, but it, I have mentioned before it is in my top five. Um, it's just Monica kind of hit it on the head where it is a. It's a redemption story, which is uh, and so it's a great story. Excellent. Yeah. 
but also I love the the tone of this. I love the the feeling of it. So this is the third different version of Charles Dickens' story that we've watched now this month. And the first one was the Robert Zemeckis um, Jim Carrey version, which was very truthful or close adaptation to the novel. It was much darker in tone. It was uh, a little bit scarier. This is vastly different from that. It definitely takes all sorts of liberties, um, but I like that. I, I think it works really, really well with the story, and it makes it more accessible to a wider audience, in my opinion. Um, while I enjoyed that that version, uh, and I love Scrooge, there's something about the Muppets that has a universal appeal. Whether you're an adult, a kid, it doesn't matter. You love them. And it lends itself really well to telling a story like this because you can have... You can have somebody like an Ebenezer Scrooge who, let's face it, is not a good guy, um, and he can go through his redemptive arc, and, but it it's told in a way that's just entertaining. Um, one of the things that took me out of uh, Disney's A Christmas Carol um, with Jim Carrey was right at the end where Bob Cratchit turns into the narrator, and he, he all of a sudden he looks right at the camera, breaks the fourth wall, and starts doing the narration bit. It took me out of it. One of the things I liked about this movie was that they had a narrator throughout the whole thing, and it was Gonzo and Rizzo. I mean, you can't go wrong there, but it, it didn't feel... Best pair ever. Yeah, and it didn't feel forced. Like it, it fit the tone that the rest of the movie has to have your narrators there telling the story. Um, and I just anytime I can have Gonzo uh, in a movie, I'm happy. So, you know, it's all good. Um, one of the things, so we often start talking with the cast on a movie like this. Other than the Muppets, it's Michael Caine. And he was great in part because he decided he was going to play this like a Shakespearean, um, like, a, like a theater company version. So he was going to play it completely straight. And that works perfectly. He never once winks at the camera. Um, you know, none of that. Like he just, he's straight up Ebenezer Scrooge and he was perfect. And it's hard to believe this movie is almost 30 years old. This came out in 92. So David, this movie's older than you are. 27 yeah. years. That is correct. So our most movies we watch, I Fair don't enough. really know why you brought that up. <laughs> it, it, I think it's because even at this point, Michael Caine, like, he looked old enough to be Ebenezer Scrooge. He's supposed to be this, like, really old, broken-down man. And, I mean, he Michael Caine's still doing stuff today, you know, 27 mm -hmm. years later. Um, I don't know. I he He's wonderful in this. Uh, easily my favorite Scrooge um, that... I, in, he's my favorite Scrooge. Like I like him better than the Jim Carrey version. I like him even better than uh, Uncle Scrooge McDuck uh, in Mickey's Christmas Carol. And I love Scrooge McDuck, but there's just something about Michael Caine and the way he played the role. You know, he does a little angry acting. He he yells. He he really hits all the ranges. And I think it's because he just decided I'm going to play it straight up and let the Muppets be the goofy part of it because it was going to be. There's no way around that, and it works. Yeah, yeah it was a perfect pairing. I was so excited to see it was Michael Caine, by the way. Yeah. I love him. Yes. I didn't know he was in it. I wish I had seen it years ago. Well, now you can make it a yearly tradition. <laughs> I don't um, know about that. Oh. Ooh, we'll have to talk about that a little bit more. But, um, I mean, outside of that, there's not much in the way of cast to talk about. You have 
uh, Frank Oz. You've got all your Muppet um, people. This was the first major Muppet project after Jim Henson's death. So this was the first time uh, Kermit was done not by Jim Henson. Um, and I guess the, the guy that took over for him, Steve Whitmer, I think is his name, um, was super nervous about taking over the role of Kermit the Frog because... Big shoes. I, yeah, iconic character. Um, he was fine. It They were kind of smart, though, to not have Kermit be like the main, um, the main player in this whole movie. I mean, he's an important role as Bob Cratchit, but he's not he's not in it a ton. And that gives the, the new actor a chance to kind of ease into that role, and he's since taken it and, and done great things with it. But um, And all, all the rest of your – it's really more about the Muppets themselves, right? Fozzie Bear shows up. All of them do. Um, Sam the Eagle, who's one of my favorites. I just – I never get tired of Sam, and uh, he had – I had to capture audio of him just because he, he can't help but be Sam the Eagle. Um, but just, I I love this movie top to bottom. There, there's not a ton I can say critical about it. Um, David brought up prior to the show, uh, this is our second musical. Um, and this was also a Walt Disney production. Um, our other musical that we watched for this show was The Lion King. Um, and... I like the songs in this. Now, here's a question. So I watched it on Disney+. Plus. Um, Same. Okay. How about you, David? Same. I didn't realize it was on Disney+. Plus. I paid for it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. This is perfect. Then. My little um, Apple where to watch it lied to me. <laughs> so, question for you, David. Was there... Did they have the song uh, during the Ghost of Christmas Past segment with uh, his girlfriend? Uh, no, they did not. Okay. So it's interesting because the Disney Plus version also does not have that song. Yeah, but the copy I own at my mom's house does. I was, I was like, I, I, I realized I hadn't watched it in a couple years mm-hmm. and I could have sworn they had a duet. Yeah. Yep. I was doing the same thing watching it, uh, last night and I'm like, wait a minute. I know there's part of this where Michael Caine sings and I hadn't, I hadn't watched this for a few years either. And apparently they cut that out. And what what I think is even funnier about that was um, when I mentioned in our chat that we were going to watch this movie, uh, if you remember, Josh put a clip in from YouTube, and it was How to Watch the Muppet Christmas Carol. And it was literally showing that scene, and as soon as she starts singing, it just fast-forwards through the song. So I thought that was funny then when I realized that they just straight-up cut that song right out of the movie, um, which admittedly was my least favorite song of it. So I don't feel as though I missed anything. Monica, you didn't really miss anything by uh, by not having that song to listen to. Um, You'll have to go watch it now, though. Well, no. <laughs> you can go find it if you want. But the rest of the songs I, I like. They're they're fun, you know, musical Muppet songs. Um, and they're catchy. Well, I'd just like to clarify, that duet is not a bad song. It just is thematically different from the other songs the happy songs, fun yeah. Muppet songs in the movie. You're it's, right. It, by I mean, itself, it's not bad. Objectively, it is a fine song. It just doesn't, you're right, it doesn't fit the rest of the movie. Like, I, I know what they were going for with it um, because it's the song that then they have like the pop version of during the end credits. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't miss it at all. So 
and the rest of the songs are just so catchy that they get stuck. I mean, they get stuck in your head. I was humming them to myself uh, at work all day. So, and again tonight as I was uh, getting ready for the show. So, there's that. Um, let's see, what is there really? Um, I mean, I. I don't know. There's so much I could say about this movie, but at the same time, it's like I don't know what to say about it. I just enjoy it so much. This was Brian Henson's directorial debut. Yep. Um, oh, and our connection to a previous uh, podcast movie was um, Dark Crystal. Um, Frank Oz was in both of those. So there you go with that. I made that connection. I, I've been able to make that connection pretty steadily um, as we do this. I did like some little things uh, that they did. It, 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 Muppet movies always do this in the background. Like at the end of the, um, at the end of it, if you notice, the one of the stores in the back uh, along the street is called Statler and Wal- uh, Waldorf's. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> and self-referential. Oh yeah. Um, they had. Uh, let's see. There was a store called Mickle White, um, which is a nod to Michael Caine, uh, who's who was born Maurice Joseph Mickle White. A little, uh-huh. bit of, little bit of trivia for you, if you didn't know that. Um, I mentioned... he gave Kermit the Frogs uh, his best uh, acting advice. Yeah, never blink. <laughs> um, I did think it was interesting, though, that uh, at least according to the IMDb trivia, that Michael Caine didn't realize it was Brian Henson's first directorial uh, outing until he was about halfway through making the movie. So, that's uh that's pretty impressive on Brian's ability. Yeah, I would say so. Um Okay, so oh go ahead. Cuz I I think directorially I thought it was good. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, Muppet movie. How do you how do you go wrong with a Muppet movie? But Brian Henson, you mean, you know, he got to learn from the Muppet master, so that helps. Yeah. But still, even still, that's those are big shoes to fill. I mean, Jim Henson by this point uh, was, you know, he was he had been a, like a larger than life kind of character um, persona, and then you know, obviously passing away way too young. So those were big shoes to step into as well, and uh, directing all that, and he did a fantastic job. Um, now so they used Statler and Waldorf for Marley, and so they made a Marley and Marley, which you know. I thought it was funny that they named the other one Robert Marley. Yeah. Myself, I got a little chuckle out of that. Bob Marley? Yes. Um, oh, I didn't catch that. <laughs> it was, it was, it was be my first that time. Out at you. Yeah, I mean, that's a subtle one. They just slipped that in there. Um, one thing, so when I was watching this last night, one thing that I really thought about was having just watched that uh, Disney's A Christmas Carol a few weeks ago. And the story of A Christmas Carol is kind of a novella, so it's not a super long story. So to make it into a feature-length film, you've got to pad that runtime some. And what this movie did was it used songs. It used the musical part of it, uh, which I liked a lot better than um, the Zemeckis film used that kind of... uh, Well, it came out as a motion capture 3D film, so it had a lot of that kind of carnival ride, uh, roller coaster feel to a lot of scenes. And they used that to pad out uh, your runtime. So I prefer the way this movie did it. It's, it didn't feel like it felt like it flowed better, I guess is what I would say. 
to have you know songs as basically transitions between scenes and you know catchy ones at that. I don't know. What did you guys think? What did you think of the music overall, Monica? I don't like musicals very much. <laughs> okay. Is that like a terrible thing to say? Sure, it is. Um, but I, I, I love the Muppets. You know, I grew up with them, and it was. I love the story, and like the songs were. Like, I, I feel so terrible. I didn't realize this would feel this bad. It's like to be on the other side of like not seeing it when I was young, so I don't have that like nostalgia love for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm coming at it like now as an adult and like, oh, it was a great movie. Except the music, and you guys are like. The music is so great. It's like the best thing. Yeah, okay. So, um... (laughs) Don't feel bad. Everybody has their own opinions and feelings. Yeah, plus that's that's part of what the show is about is you didn't get to see it as a kid. So it's interesting to get your take on it as seeing it for the first time as an adult because you don't have the rose-colored glasses that I do of having seen it in 1992 when it came out. Yeah. But it was a (laughs) a lovely retelling of A Christmas Carol... Um, you know, I like the rabbit guy for whatever reason. I don't know why. I just really liked him. He had a tiny part in the movie. I'm just saying he was, yeah, he was no, great. The, the, that's a Muppet thing though. There's always like that one little part that, um, that gets you. That you identify with. I, yeah. Mine is the little mice family. Oh, <laughs> the mice. Yeah. No cheeses for us. Mises. So what what you're saying, Monica, is you would have enjoyed the movie more if it just cut all the songs out. Um, I don't know if I would have enjoyed it. I like I don't know. Like, it it didn't make the movie less enjoyable, but it didn't. <laughs> you know, I'm not humming the songs. Basically, is what I'm. You know, fair enough. I was just kind of like, oh, okay. You know, they're singing now. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. I, I mean... liked. <laughs> oh, go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna point out that the there's a part when the rats are just making jokes, and they they say that their assets are frozen. Yeah, I love that because I never would have gotten that as a kid. There was a there was a couple of those adult jokes, uh, like when uh, Cratchit gets home uh, Christmas present. Uh, Miss Piggy goes in for an ass crap. There oh, is yeah. a there is a a squeaker to denote that fact. I didn't even realize that. Oh, yeah. That's that's a hundred percent of Miss Piggy move right there too. That's oh yeah. She and, was always all up on him. She yeah. wears the pants in that one. <laughs> and that's the thing with the Muppets is they can skirt and kind of get those slightly uh, more adult jokes by, um, and they've always done that. I mean, if you if you ever find some of the early Jim Henson um, stuff that he did, like prior to Sesame Street, when he was doing the. Um, like the the early proto Kermit um, coffee ads and cigarette ads, it's crazy to see some of that stuff. But you know, he he always had that kind of edge to what he did. So yeah, I mean, it's a kids movie, but they sneak in a, a couple of very mild, but uh, but definitely jokes that would have sailed over a kid's head. That one part where the Rizzo and and. Uh, Gonzo are like they're trying to get over the thing and he's, he has to jump down on top of him and, and then he walks through the through. bars again Yes, and he comes back he's like you can fit through the bars and he's like you're such an idiot and I'm like they said that in a Muppets movie <laughs> like it seems a little like just a little bit mean but it made me laugh <laughs> yeah it's like it, it tiptoes right on that edge of being mean spirited but it works because it's Muppets oh yep um, 
I think it's, it's Muppets... why everybody loves Avenue Q. Mm-hmm. I think the Muppets are the purest form of slapstick. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because they're they're functionally indestructible, which both adds an appeal of watching them get destructed, and also watching how they interact with each other and just the violent flailing of everything and just the aggressive, exaggerated body movements. It's just. It's like the best version of a puppet show. And I remember this this movie resonated with me. Well, I wouldn't say resonated, but it stuck with me as a kid. Because every time I'd like help someone build a fire or like hold a candle for my mom, I would literally always yell, light the lamp, not the rat. And just like (laughs) scream it. Light the lamp, not the rat! I love it. That's great. No, that that is very true though. Like the the Muppets are kind of the purest form of slapstick. And it's slapstick that works because it's so exaggerated. You know, I'm a fan of the Three Stooges because it was so like over the top in its uh slapstick goofiness, and that's what you get with the Muppets too. I mean, they had the joke of Gonzo and Rizzo getting knocked off of a window ledge like three or four times in the movie. Um, yep. To the point where, at the end of it, even Gonzo's not expecting it, but he enjoys <laughs> he wouldn't it. Do that, yeah. yeah oh like, no, no, he'd never open this window. Yeah, and and I love too that. I mean, they they reference it like, I bet you enjoyed that. I did. You know, it's it's stuff like that that just it kills you. And in you know, you have the Swedish Chef and like uh, the singing fruit, like just goofy stuff that's all Muppet, straight up Muppet, like slapstick silliness. And for me, it works. It doesn't. I have seen similar gags done in either animated or um, even some live action, and it doesn't land nearly as well as when it's the Muppets. And I think it is that, like, just hyper-exaggerated flailing of arms and silliness and and how crazy they go with the characters. I love Rizzo for that very reason, because he's just so, like, all he thinks about is food. It's all food all the time. Uh, You know, and... They they were really trying to branch out and do some more interesting stuff with the Muppets in this too, where you had a lot more uh, shots of like full body, right? Where like Rizzo landing on the goose, yeah. you could tell it was you know green screened, um, and it was it was fine. It was fine for the time, and I, it doesn't hold up as well as you would hope, but uh, it was still looked okay. <laughs> that was uh, so funny. <laughs> My, I think my favorite, um, my favorite full body shot is definitely the uh, the penguin skating party. Oh, that's great! Yeah, it's the penguins Christmas uh, skating party. Yeah, you know that old tradition. Um. Oh yeah. Did anybody else? Um. Did anybody else cry? Because I'm an adult and I cried watching this. I oh I cried I cried with the. Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim. I I yep. teared up a bunch before that, and then Tiny Tim, and I was like, ah. <laughs> I was like going to sleep like Tiny Tim. But it's just like he's so much cuter as a tiny frog too. <laughs> it really he's is. Just so cute. Oh, I crutch. Know. And they really laid on the death. By the way, did you oh, notice yeah. that? They're like, he's gonna die. Oh my god. He is toast. <laughs> Don't kill him, please. Let him live. You can't kill him. so cute. Don't murder him. 
Oh, so, so good. So this movie did okay at the box office, but um, believe it or not, it was uh, it had competition from of all movies, Home Alone Two: Lost in New York. Oh, that I the, mean, uh, the far weaker of the t- of the Home Alone movies. I don't count anything after two. <laughs> you can say that they made them. I don't care. I was they... gonna say because you're like the far weaker. I'm like, well, yeah, okay. If you're not counting the rest of them, then mm, yeah. No. <laughs> two was less. Two was less than one, except two had. Uh... Wow, his name just flew right out of my head. Trump, the guy from Clue. Oh, oh, Tim Curry. Tim Curry, who's yeah. like my friggin' favorite. Oh yeah, no, Tim Tim Curry oh. helps that movie a lot, but it's still we all loved way him. way weaker. Yes, we love Tim Curry. Um, okay. I like that clue was what you pulled him from. Not that it's obviously not <laughs> fantastic, but that is like clue. I'm sorry, clue. Clue is like my movie with him. Like just <laughs> one plus two plus two plus one plus one. Okay, whatever. Um, it's just such a great like. That's the movie I fell in love with Tim Curry for. Like just that movie. That's uh, a good choice. That's a such good choice. A good movie. Plus, he's not under like a thousand pounds of makeup like he was in Legend. Or it. Or it. Yeah. Um. Okay, so who was a better Muppet co-star, Tim Curry or Michael Caine? Right, because Tim Curry was in Muppet Treasure Island. Or you haven't seen that one. I can tell. I can see it in your face. I haven't seen any Muppet movies. Oh. I'm going to be honest. I've seen this sh- show, Oof. I think. Oof. And I'm, I, I, I was told I shouldn't say this out loud on air, but I've, I, I used to watch Muppet Babies. Nothing wrong with Muppet Babies. I like it. Unlike Scott, right? Unlike Scott Johnson, I don't have a problem with Muppet Babies. (laughs) That's what I grew up. The new Muppet Babies is one thing that that's atrocious, but the original Muppet Babies was good. The original Muppet Babies is what made me start like liking Star Wars, which is really weird, right? (laughs) But I just remember there were all these Star Wars scenes in it, like Yoda and things like that. It was just so weird. Like, uh, what was it? Obi Rolf Kenobi. <laughs> like, oh man, they did the weirdest I... stuff in that show. Oh, I forgot about that. It's been so long. I mean, Muppet Babies was one of those that was on a lot when I was a kid, right? It was one of it. It was in syndication by that point. Um, it's what was on like every day or every other day or something. So I remember watching a lot of that show. Um, but I completely forgot all the Star Wars references and, and scenes that they made. I forgot about Obi Rolf Kenobi. Oh no, I, I don't have a problem with Muppet Babies, but Muppet you you owe it to yourself. Watch some more Muppet movies. Um The Muppet movie, uh The Great Muppet Caper, Muppet Treasure Island. It's got Tim Curry, so you'll like that. Um just be warned they're usually musicals. So there might be some singing. Singing in a musical? Cabin fever. <laughs> Oh my god! How long have I been muted? Um, Quite a I while. I even liked. I even liked the 2011 one with. Oh yeah. Uh, oh my god! What's his name? Ricky Gervais. No. I have no idea. <laughs> no, Gervais was in the second of the newer Muppet movies, wasn't he? Wasn't it? Uh... No, I'm thinking of. Oh my god! What's his name? I don't know. He's uh, he's in I Love You Man and How I Met Your Mother. Oh. Uh, uh, oh. Uh, uh, um. Kelvin Berger. Jason. Um, Jason Jason Sudeikis. No. Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel. That's the one. (laughs) 
<laughs> I even what? like that one. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I do have a question. Did anybody see uh, Happy Time Murders? I no. did yep. not. But I, Christina, you did, didn't you? Yep. How was that? I enjoyed it. Because that was... Um... Was that an officially licensed Muppet product? No. Or was that... We have it might have been Henson, like but Muppets. it was. Yeah, it might have been Henson, but it definitely was not the Muppets. I knew it wasn't the Muppet characters. Oh, that's directed by Brian Henson. So yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking that up right now. That was directed by Brian Henson. So I've wanted Whoa. to see that. It looks interesting. I just didn't have a chance. <laughs> I heard to... it was bad. I don't think it, it was spectacularly so reviewed. Bad it's good. Yeah, okay. Maybe I'll give it a shot then. I was worried. No, I mean, it's one of those now you can either find it streaming somewhere or, you know, rent it for two or three bucks. Like, I could, I would definitely do it for that. But it's very absurd. Just go in with that mindset. Well, I expect that with anything that has Muppets in it. So, (laughs) like, if there's Muppets, I'm expecting absurd. Uh, now, if you want to go, you want to take that even further, uh, you find the Peter Jackson one. Um, what was that called? Um, it's not actually Muppets, but it is Puppets, and it's uh, it makes Happy Time Murders look like a G-rated Disney film. <laughs> uh, Peter Jackson. Hold on. i got to find this because uh, he did one. This was in the early, early to mid-90s. Fraggle Rock. Yes, Meet the Feebles. That's the one. Oh, so totally Fraggle out. Rock was Creature Shop. Yeah, Down Fraggle, Fraggle Rock. Fraggle Rock was was Henson, and I love Fraggle Rock. Um, uh-huh. There were some characters show. even in the Muppets Christmas Carol. Yeah, there was a couple of Fraggles, uh, Fraggle characters. Really? Yeah, they were and in the, the background. But and yeah, the little dog too. So Meet the Feebles was Peter Jackson's second film, 1989, uh, and it is. Um, it uh, I just it. It's not even rated. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. So not rated. Hour and 37 minutes. Comedy musical uh, of puppets. Um, and yeah. Uh, I mean, the poster alone has like a puppet with a gun against its head. Um, it's something else. So don't watch that one expecting anything Muppet related. But, uh, you know. Maybe give that a try sometime if you're feeling like hurting yourself. Speaking of Peter Jackson, I definitely think this is one of the best depictions of the ghosts of of Christmas yet to come because it's just a Nazgul. Yeah. Yep. It doesn't speak. It just points. Uh, I love... So I really, really enjoyed both the ghosts of Christmas present and, and yet to come in this. Um because you're right, it is just a Nazgul. The the ghost, I love those Muppets that are like a big Muppet suit that they wear. I always yeah. love that. So I loved him. Um, however, it is my least favorite Ghost of Christmas Past. That did not work for me at all. Uh, as a kid, that one was my favorite. And Future was uh, my least favorite because it's spooky. Uh, yeah. Watching it as an adult. The ghost of Christmas past is definitely the freakiest. One. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like all the friggin' ventriloquist dummy horror trope written all over it. It is uncanny valley, like crazy. Like it's just so creepy looking. Uh, 
I, and you know, this is coming off. I just saw a couple weeks ago the Jim Carrey one, which was almost like a floating candle, um, and I really liked that effect that they did and the way that they did his uh, his voice and all of that. And this one, it was very childlike, which m- probably didn't help make it any less creepy with that lifeless, the lifeless doll eyes. So <laughs> I don't know. I did not. I did not care for that um, at all. But uh, like all I kept thinking was that like did a child die and become <laughs> the ghost of Christmas past because it was horrifying. A little bit, yeah. Mm. Um, but you know, th- thankfully they were able to follow that up with a, a great ghost of Christmas present. Uh, you know, and he gets to start right off with a great line of, "Oh, you're a little absent-minded spirit." No. I'm a large absent-minded spirit. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Good old Muppet humor. <laughs> He's the best. He's great. That's probably my, I'd say that's probably my favorite song, too. Is, uh, uh, Wherever You Find Love Feels Like Christmas. Oh. So I did not know this. So originally the three ghosts were going to be Miss Piggy, Scooter, and Gonzo. Uh, with Gonzo playing the ghost of Christmas yet to come and him just in the robes with just his nose sticking out. <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> sound <funny>. inappropriate. <laughs> that would have been great, but but they, they shuffled things around and they actually took Scooter completely out of the movie. Um, Aw, poor Scooter. Well, oh, so, you know who I loved? Beaker. Yeah. So, you gotta always love Beaker. So the shot where Bunsen and Beaker are leaving, and he's like, "We've taken up enough of Mister Scrooge's time," and then he pulls Beaker out. I swear, last night watching it, I was like, I had to pause it, and I'm like, "Did he flip him off on the way out the door?" Because it looks like he he just kind of puts up like one finger as he's leaving, but it looks like he's he's flipping him the bird as he's leaving. And I'm like, I I don't know. This, for some reason, I could just I could see Beaker doing that. Um, there are two. Well, with as much beakers put through all the time. Yeah, that's true. Um, there, there are a couple more songs on the soundtrack that weren't in the movie. Um, there is one sung by Bunsen, uh, Honeydew, uh, and Beaker called "Room in Your Heart," and then there was one from Sam the Eagle as well. Uh, which I was playing music at the beginning uh, before we got started, and I heard those, and I'd completely forgotten about that. So. The reason that Scooter, I think, was cut entirely from the movie, because if you saw at the beginning, this was dedicated to Jim Henson and Richard Hunt, and Richard Hunt had played uh, and been Scooter prior to this movie, and he had um, he passed away a year before the movie was made. So that's probably partly why they cut Scooter out and gave some of his other characters to um, some other people. So, you know, for what it is. Should we take a moment and just talk about Gonzo's nose? What's wrong with Gonzo's nose? Is it too phallic for you? I mean, it's not phallic enough, if you ask me. <laughs> what, is it because it's bent? A little droopy? His nose know. has looked like that longer than penises have looked like that. <laughs> Well, he's not wrong. <laughs> he's been around since the beginning of time. <laughs> But they de- definitely had some, uh, a couple nose jokes. Oh, uh, um, okay. Question. So, 
uh, IMDb always has, you know, other people um, considered for the role of whatever. Uh, and so there were other people considered for the role of Scrooge before they gave it to Michael Caine. Um, anyone want to venture some guesses? Uh, Christina, if you have been reading the um, trivia, you are exempt from this. Okay. Uh, and I will say right away that neither Sylvester Stallone nor Arnold Schwarzenegger were considered for the role of Scrooge, so we can, we can take <laughs> Those them out. bastards. Usually um, they show up in just about anything made uh, for like a 12-year period, so. <laughs> uh, Got to think like late 80s, early 90s kind of curmudgeon. Robin Williams. Surprisingly, no. I was going to say Sean Connery. No, but I could have seen that. Ooh, Although good. it would have been really difficult to imagine Ebenezer Scrooge with a Scottish accent. And because... so he could have pretended. He can't pretend, but he could have tried. No, he would have 80s, done his... 90s curmudgeonly. The Sean... grandpa from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Again, good Van choice. Van but, um... All right, so here's... Big Van Dyke. <laughs> <laughs> no, sure. they need to keep him... Frozen until New Year's. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, okay, so here's three names for you. Uh, That's David, Dick Clark. Yeah, Dick Clark is New Year's Eve. Whatever. Or was. Dick Van Dyke is Mary Poppins, among other things. Yeah. So uh, so one was David Warner. Um, and if you don't Oh, rem- he's creepy. He, he can be creepy. Um, Peter O'Toole, who I think yes. could have been a very good Scrooge. And... My personal favorite, although he wouldn't, especially at this point, he wouldn't have played it the way that Michael Caine did, George Carlin. <laughs> George Carlin! Shiny Carlin, Station, come on! I mean, Carlin would have been amazing as a Scrooge, right? Although he would have been a much shoutier uh, Ebenezer Scrooge, for sure. But there I love... swears. Oh, yeah, no. Now, now the adult no, version of this... No, no. The uh, the Happy Time Murders Brian Henson directed version of this with, with George Carlin would be, but uh, yeah, I could see any of them doing it. But but honestly, Michael Caine was perfect, so don't don't change that. Um, yeah, I did. So normally, I like to try and capture a bunch of audio, and this is a very this has a lot of good quotable lines in it because it's a Muppet movie, but most of it just doesn't play as like standalone audio but I did get a couple of things. I did have to get Michael Caine's angry acting because I like to capture angry acting whenever I can and it's really only one part but I love the uh, the bookkeeper rats that those jokes always tickled me as a kid when they're you know they're, they want an extra shovel full of coal and then he yells at them and suddenly they're all in grass skirts and singing <laughs> a hula um, but the way he yelled at them was great Island. yeah yeah uh, and and it's Michael Caine doing angry acting. Just screaming, screaming at him. I love it. Um, and uh, Gonzo and Rizzo. Really, I mean, they give it like that almost vaudeville feel throughout a lot of it. Um, when he when he goes to look through the window, and he's like, "Wow, this really is a dirty city." So he uses Rizzo to wipe things off. And this was in a lot of the trailers. Thank you for making me a part of this. Pot of this, very New Jersey. Hey, I heard that. Oh wait, I'm here. That's right. That's it's not a bad thing. Um, mm-hmm. Thanks for making me a part of this. Uh, this was what you mentioned earlier, Monica. You are such an idiot. 
That is the best line in this damn movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was the best. I had to rewind it. I'm like, wait a minute. Why? What? What happened? Well, there's that one, and then there's when they get knocked off the horse carriage right outside of uh, Scrooge's house, and Gonzo's laying down like motionless, and Rizzo Rizzo's trying to resuscitate him, you know, get him wake up, and then he just sits up and keeps going, and <laughs> he just sits straight up and just keeps on going with what he said, and Gon- and Rizzo's just like didn't even break his concentration. <laughs> I don't know. I just love that that one, and you are such an idiot. You are such an idiot. And now I have that I want forever. that to be my ringtone. <laughs> I can send it to you. I have it now. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the Ghost of Christmas Present, of course. I, I I had to get this just because I don't know what it is about this that made me laugh so much. Uh, but it's when they're outside of Bob Cratchit's house. And uh, I think it's because he's just he's that absent-minded type of character. So he's like, wait, how do you know this is Bob Cratchit's house? And you, know, you told me. Well, I'm usually trustworthy. So I'm keeping that forever, too. I don't know what I'm going to use that for yet, but uh, but I have it. And I love Sam the Eagle, so I got Sam the Eagle. Um, and if you listen really closely, you can hear what Gonzo whispers into his ear, uh, which I didn't notice until I had headphones on capturing audio. So listen, listen really closely. It is the American way. Sam. Hmm? It's just that the trying to do its thing. Oh. It is the British way. <laughs> so he, he leans over and he's just like, it's, it's, it's just that the story takes place in England. I never, oh, yeah, I love that part. <laughs> I never knew he actually said that until I had my headphones on. You, you, you can't hear it. It just sounds like he just kind of goes. Ah, bah, 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 bah. So that's all the audio I captured just because, you know. What? No animal? Animal. I mean, all he... The he, best puppet. He yells... Uh, now, <laughs> I'm going to agree with you that Animal doing Animal, like, love that. Lo- love when he's drumming and he just loses it and kicks everything into high gear. But you know, the only other thing he did was yell quiet. So I could have captured that, I guess, but... Animal played the drums. He did. He is, however, not the best Muppet. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, he is. Who's agree. the best Muppet? Agree to disagree. Uh, Fozzie. I mean, Travis. I've got a... I, I like Fozzie a lot. I'm a big fan of Gonzo. Um, I've already professed my love for Sam the Eagle. I don't know why. Is There's something about Sam the Eagle. By the way, um, David, Christina, yes. the next time you're working with Bishop, think Sam the Eagle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially if he if you can get him to do a snap dance, Just try it sometime. Get him to do the snap dance, David, and then picture same the eagle. Trust trust me on this. But uh, best Muppet, ooh, Statler and Waldorf. I yeah, forgot about them. I, I got to go with Statler and Waldorf. I'm gonna cheat and pick two. That's a cheat. It that is. is a cheat, it is. But animal. It's that only is. not a cheat if you can say which one is Statler and which one is Waldorf. We first of all, we all know Statler and Waldorf are like the best, but we can't choose them because everybody loves them. So it doesn't count. You got to pick someone else. But everybody loves Animal too. No, really, not everybody. Oh. Nobody asked me who my favorite was. Well, who is your favorite? Beaker. We well, you said that already. Oh yeah, that's true. But nobody was listening except you. <laughs> but yes, that is we a were. good that is a good choice. Beaker is a great Muppet. 
I don't know. Really. Actually, my favorite is the Swedish Chef. I'm just gonna put that out there. I think probably because of, if for no other reason than the video they put out a few years ago where they did uh, the music video for Popcorn or Hot Butter. Popcorn. That just kills me, and I never get tired of. And and the fact that like the Swedish Chef has you know instead of Muppet hands he has human hands. So I, yeah, I'm gonna go with Swedish Chef. That's final answer. I'm locking it in. How can that be your favorite? Nobody can understand what he's saying. That's the point. Yeah, that's that's the point. That's what makes him so funny. <laughs> Plus, it's one of the few Muppet voices that I can do really well, and I do just randomly. Usually, when I'm by myself, I, I hey, talk maybe to myself that's like why. the Swedish Chef. Because I can, I think I can do Beaker really well. <laughs> I think that's. The... <laughs> Well, I can't. My voice doesn't get that high. Yes, oh. I do understand Beaker very well. <laughs> we have the same emotional response. I was just going to say it's very emotional connection. That's why my I mother, like Animal. My mother always told me not to eat food and things. Yeah. <laughs> there is something to be said for Rizzo and Gonzo as a pair, too. Like, if you have Statler and Waldorf, I like Rizzo and Gonzo. Um... It's just they play well off of each other. No, this, look, great movie. This is, I, I mentioned last week um, that this is one of my five favorite Christmas movies. Um, it's right up there with Scrooge, uh, with uh, Die Hard, um, the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and uh, Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So this ranks right up there. It's a great version of Charles Dickens classic. Uh, I love the Muppets. I will watch anything the Muppets are in. Uh, I kind of want to just go watch a bunch of episodes of the Muppet Show now. Muppets tonight. Yeah. Monica, it sounded like you were going to say something. Did it? Because I'm muted. Oh, okay. So. I wasn't. Well, <laughs> I, I should say it looked like you were going to say something. <laughs> I was just going to start singing the theme to Muppet Babies. <laughs> but. I don't remember the words though. Here's the thing. So Muppet Babies had an incredibly catchy uh, theme song. I will I will agree. However, it does not hold a candle to the Muppet Show's theme. Anybody? I don't remember it. Muppets I don't tonight. remember. It. I remember Muppets Tonight more than the Muppet Show. Oh come on. The Muppet, the Muppet theme was great. It's time to da 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 da. Oh, that was that. Yeah. So then, no, I didn't remember that. Well, fine. I do have the DVDs for the three seasons that they've put out. Muppet baby. No. Plus, there was something about the Muppet Show and the the special guests that they would get, like. Because you can go back and watch some of those now, and you would never think that like Buddy Rich would have been a special guest star on the Muppet Show, but he was, <laughs> and he he got in a drum off with Animal, mm-hmm. which is great. Mark Hamill, you know, during the whole bloom for Star Wars. Yep. Who's Buddy Rich? He was a band leader and a drummer. Okay. Anyway. See, that's that's what I'm talking about. You would never have guessed that because you have no idea who he is. Because I wasn't born yet. Ouch. 
Sure. <laughs> I'm just joking. Old joke. Quiet. There All we go. Of you. <laughs> Whatever. You're like six months older than me. Uh, I think a little more than that. But um, not a lot more, but a little more. No, look. If you haven't seen this movie before, go see it. Monica, now that you've seen this, and this is was your first time seeing it, is this something you would watch again? Yeah, I actually, um, after, like, hearing you all talk about how much you loved it and how much, you know, all the different things, and hearing, like, um, you know, the, the background stuff, it actually made me appreciate the movie more, and I think actually watching it again might like solidify my feelings for it i might i might have to ask it by around every once in a while on christmas time as long as you can suffer through all the singing just you know it's not suffering so much as like like can we just say these things like, <laughs> i don't understand I... it's a thing with the muppets they 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 love to sing yep i mean i, mean... I love to sing too but i don't know well, like I like I said earlier, though it was it, it's a it's a Muppet thing, but it's also a way to um, stretch the plot out, so they can get a get a. They are able to get across a lot about a character like Scrooge by introducing him with a song talking about who he is. And I think it's also like there's some kind of ratio of music to talking that's an issue for me too. Like if it's like mostly music, but like with a few ex you know, excerpts of, like, talking or something, then that's not a big deal. But this was, like, I guess equal amounts of both. I was going to say, I think this one was pretty close to 50-50. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why that bothered me. But, eh, like I said, I'll watch uh, it again. One movie that I think did the talking to speaking uh, play off of each other was La La Land. I love it. I think it's a fantastic movie, but... It's yeah. also it's, one it's building on being a musical, but then you watch something like Les Mis, which is an operetta where every word in the thing is sung, mm -hmm. and that's also is it good because of the song or is it good because it's a fantastic story? You know, that's or true. A multitude of other reasons. Yeah, and I think that the music in this and the musical aspect of it doesn't work if it's not the Muppets, right? And that's yeah. why, like, Disney's uh, A Christmas Carol that we watched a couple weeks ago, they ditched the whole musical part of it pretty much completely, save for one scene. Um, and even Mickey's Christmas Carol didn't do much in the way of music. They just did a shorter version. Yeah, so, and we also have to remember, it doesn't have to be a musical because it's a book. Right. No, <laughs> it doesn't. The musical is just trying to add something. Yeah. Exactly, but, maybe that's the problem. I'm sorry. No, that's that's fine. And look, not liking musicals, you're you're allowed. I'm not going to hold that against you. I I would say that I wouldn't enjoy this if it weren't the Muppets doing the musical part of it because of the style of songs that they do. Uh their songs are very like uh exposition heavy. Um which is I think works for this. Um, I don't know. I just, I enjoy their, their style of music and I'm not the biggest musical fan. Like I don't like older musicals a lot of times, but this one just seemed to work for me. Um, so yeah, I recommend seeing this. Um, I, 
I'm pretty sure David and Christina have given how many times I know you've seen it. You probably would. And it sounds like, Monica, you would watch it again, which is good. Uh, I like to show somebody a new movie and have them enjoy it. So that makes me feel good. Suddenly, I feel like the only person that actually enjoys musicals. I love, I love musicals. No, I don't, I don't dislike musicals. They're just not the thing that I go to at first. Um, but I love a musical like this. I think I it's because on Broadway. Like literally on Broadway? Yeah. Like on the street. <laughs> um no, I mean like I've I've gone to see like actually like I've seen Les Mis in Broadway and I've seen uh Wicked like for whatever reason like those were yeah, I like those. I don't know. I'm going to give it a... Well, it's, it's different. Those are experiences <laughs> rather than... An, yeah. I mean, movie, I guess that's true. A movie, movie, watch. movie musicals are slightly different, but I'm going to give it another shot. Like I said, I love the movie. The singing... It's almost like the singing takes me out of it. Like you were saying about the the other movie with the... Um, oh, yeah. Where with... he talks to the camera. Yeah. No, I, I get that. Well, uh, I mean, if you get a chance, um, if you haven't seen The Muppet Christmas Carol, go watch The Muppet Christmas Carol. It's streaming on Disney Plus, and since I don't... Apparently. Yeah. Unless you're David and you don't look. Um, but that's why I don't use the Apple where to watch it. Use Just Watch. Justwatch.com. That's where you find out what's streaming where. That's what I use. So, um, get... You'd owe it to yourself to see it. If you love the Muppets like we do, uh, if you like the, the story of a, of a Christmas Carol, um, this is the perfect time of year to, to watch it. It's nice and short. It's only an uh, hour and 28 minutes long, so it's not going to take a ton of time. You can watch it with literally anybody. Uh, kids, adults, grandparents, doesn't matter. They're going to they're gonna enjoy it because the Muppets are universal. So, you know, go out there and watch it. Um, but I want to thank the three of you for joining me this week. Um as always, it's a ton of fun to have you guys on and talk about a movie, um, and especially one that I that I like this much. So um, thank you, all three of you, for joining this week. Uh, now, Monica, I know you've got some projects upcoming, right? Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> uh, you probably already know about America's Next Top Podcaster, but if you're not checking out America's Next Top Podcaster, you probably should catch up on season two of it because it's about to come to an end and then there'll be a brand new season. Uh, Travis was on the show last, this past season. I'm, I was on the first season, but it doesn't matter because I do social media now for that show. So please watch the show, follow us on Twitter, you know, do all the things. And we have a Patreon. So, you know, Patreon, because we need money. Um, and my newest, (laughs) of course, you know, Travis will update you on that. Um, and my newest personal project is a D&D podcast called Feats of Fellowship. Um, it is over at the Spazbot Studios Podcast Network. And we just did um, episode one. So we got we delved into our story a bit more. And I uh, embarrassed myself more by rolling terrible dice rolls. So uh, come and watch that because this is my first time playing and... Um, you can learn by watching me be an idiot. <laughs> so you can check that out at youtube.com slash spazbotstudios or catch us live on uh, twitch.tv slash spazbotstudios. When we return in January, I'm sorry. 
we're not coming back till January because we're taking a break because it's Christmas and we have families. Right. And so do you. Spend time with your families if you can. Anyway, so we'll be back January 9th. Check us out. Oh, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WickedKitten13. Awesome. Yeah, uh, don't worry about those dice rolls, too. We all have that, unless it's Christina going up against a spellcaster, in which case she's just going to roll 20s every time. I can't help it. <laughs> I would weighted dice. Yeah, that's what it is. I, I, would, I would love to live stream a game, but I don't think our game would be very entertaining just because we're so scatterbrained all over the place all the time. It's, you know, you've got four ADD people in a party with uh, an easily distracted DM. So it's wouldn't make for good viewing, but we have fun. That's the most important part. <laughs> um, so we do this show once a week. Uh, usually we record Sunday nights. We're recording on a Monday night this week because of uh, some scheduling changes and uh, holidays and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but we usually record Sunday nights, 8 p.m., uh, twitch.tv forward slash TV's Travis. Um, you, can, you can catch the, the new episodes come out Wednesdays, usually Wednesday afternoons. Um, so load the show up in, a, in your favorite, uh, I guess, podcatcher um, to get the new episodes all the time. Uh, every week we try to find a movie that somebody hasn't seen before and sit around and talk about it. Next week is going to be a double feature because they're both short. Uh, so we are going to watch my favorite, all-time favorite Christmas movie, Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas from 1966, and Mickey's A Christmas Carol. So we'll get our final uh, version of A Christmas Carol and then my favorite Christmas movie ever. Um, I've got a couple, uh, at least one person I know lined up, uh, Rishi from uh, Season 1 of America's Next Top Podcaster is going to come on. Um, I believe Tyler from Season 2 was going to join us. I have to, I have yet to confirm that, but um, yeah, should be a lot of fun. I love both those movies. So uh, that'll be great. And it's a nice little present for everybody on Christmas day uh, is when that one will actually come out. Um, you can go to tvstravis.com, uh, hit the subscribe button to find the show. If you get a chance, uh, we do appreciate going on to services like Apple podcasts or Google podcasts and giving us a, a review um, because those help to make us more visible uh, in the listings and get more people able to hear uh, our incessant ramblings. So please do that. Um, ramble, ramble, ramble. Yeah, I mean, you know, otherwise we're just talking into an empty room or a room of three or four people. We do have some people, Art Janeer and Low Frag, uh, in the chat room, um, as well as Monkey Bananas. So we have a chat room. You can come in here and uh, bother us, try to distract me. Although I did a good job of covering it up tonight so that I didn't get distracted by the by the messages. Um, but that is going to do it for this week. So thanks for joining and thanks for listening. Thanks for being on everybody. It was a ton of fun. And like we like to say every week as we leave, get out there and enjoy your movies. This has been Wait You Haven't Seen.
Wunsch für die Hödi Büski. <lacht>